Hello everybody and welcome, welcome, welcome to the Health and Sports Show. My name is Tom Butterfield and I'm even more excited than ever to be your host today because in this episode we're going to get stuck into part two of our abdominal training series. Hopefully part one was interesting and it got you thinking. Perhaps it challenged some of your beliefs and hopefully got you vibrating with excitement at the thought of this follow-up episode. Well, get your popcorn ready because I think this one will hopefully blow your socks off. But firstly, if you haven't listened to part one, then go no further. (laughs) You'll get much more out of this episode if you've listened to part one. You know, imagine watching the Star Wars films or the Rocky films out of series order. It'd just be (laughs) just mayhem. It just wouldn't work. So do the universe a favor. Go back. uh, Start at the beginning. Start with episode one. Uh, of the abdominal stuff you know even better go all the way back and start with our very first episode and come through it might make even more sense then but anyway go back and do that okay right now that i've said that i'm going to give you lot who've listened to it a quick recap (laughs) they do this at the start of the netflix episodes for a reason right Uh, you know we've all well not all of us but some of us have probably got uh you know a girlfriend wife whatever partner who's like a goldfish and can't remember what happened in an episode, even if they were right there watching it with you. So in summary, recap, we looked at the structure of the abdominal muscles and how it gives us a clue to their primary function and why we feel that sit-ups are perhaps not the best way to train them. There you go. That was pretty painless, wasn't it? Didn't take up too much more of your time. So in today's episode, We're going to look deeper at the role of the abdominal muscles and how they help to provide lumbar stability. And why being a world-class planker isn't enough. And we'll also talk about some alternatives that might help get the best out of your training efforts. And of course, this is all going to depend on what you're looking to achieve. You know, what is going to get you fitter, for purpose. Remember that? Fitter for purpose, not just fitter. Okay, well, let's get started. The abdominal muscles are positioned in front of the lumbar spine. Okay, not directly. You've got your gut and some other organs in between, but the abdominals form the, uh, let's call it the north wall of protection to your spinal column. Okay, we've all got that in our heads. Because remember, we want to have stability in the lumbar spine and protect it so that we can transfer energy efficiently between the upper body and the lower body, okay? Now, if we're defending something as important as our spine, we don't want to be able to get outflanked, do we? (laughs) We need to protect ourselves from not just the north, but also the south, the east, and the west. So protection from the east and west is provided by the quadratus lumborum muscles. Okay, big, strong, rectangular-shaped muscles that attach to all of the bones in our lumbar spine or the low back region, as well as to the top of the pelvis and to the lower few ribs as well. And if you're watching this on YouTube, there's a picture on the screen showing it right now. If you're listening on the podcast, then there'll be a link in the show notes for you for these pictures, okay? 
Protection from the south comes from the relatively small stabilizing muscles, such as the multifidus muscles. Now, they're small in size, but mighty as far as how efficient they are as providing stability. Okay, these also attach to each lumbar vertebral segment uh, from one to the other. So all the way up through the lumbar spine. So remember, the lumbar spine is all about stability. I'm going to keep repeating that. You're going to hear me say that a lot. And this stability is provided by the collective abdominal muscles from the north, the quadratus muscles protecting our flanks on the east and west, and at the rear of the spinal column, it's being protected and getting stability from those shorter stabilizing muscles like the multifidus muscles. Okay, I'm not going to test you on the names of them. It's just to get the idea that the spine is being stabilized from the front, the back, the left and the right. And I'll try and put pictures of all of these in the show notes uh, to help give you a little bit of clarity and a bit of visual. But if you're really a visual person, then after you finish listening to this, you can go to our YouTube channel and it will be on there as well. So now we need to talk about why being a world-class planker or a total planker isn't enough to provide you with a good level of stability in your lumbar spine. And we're going to get technical here, okay? But stay with me. You've got the basics in mind. If not, go back, listen again. But it's really important to understand this concept because it's going to weave its way into all the activity you do from this point forwards. Get your head around this, and trust me, you are all going to be onto a winner. Now, the plank. I'm sure there's lots of variations. But for this podcast episode, we're going to assume that we're talking about a sort of a regular standard plank where you're facing the floor with your body weight resting on your elbows and onto your feet, onto your, the balls of your feet. And your body's held in a straight line and it's off the floor. We can talk about progressions and regressions another time. So what is the force that's being applied here? I'll give you a clue if you don't already know. What is trying to push your body down to the floor? It's gravity, isn't it? The plank is an exercise to see how well or for how long your body can resist the force of gravity. Most of the stress or the load is placed onto the lumbar spine where our abdominal muscles are. And can anyone tell me why most of the stress and load is applied there? It's because that's the part of the body that's the furthest from our two points of support with the floor, okay? Our elbows and our feet. The force of gravity doesn't change, but due to the principle of leverage, the relative load is greater in the abdominal region than anywhere else during the standard plank position because it's the furthest at any point away from one of those support points at the elbows and the toes. Okay, you still with me? I'm going to assume you all said yes. <laughs> okay, if you're not with me, go back and go through again. Okay, but if you're really struggling with it, our contact details are at the bottom and, you know, we, we can help you out with that. 
So this is great, right? <laughs> we can, let's say we can hold a plank for five minutes whilst holding a full conversation with our training partner. Excellent work. So how useful is that for providing stability to the lumbar region? We've certainly worked the muscles at the north and south, you know, the front and the back, the abdominals and the multifidus muscles. But what about the east and the west? Stuart McGill, who is a very, very well-respected spine biomechanist, uh, is also a researcher and, and author as well of many, many good books, told me many years ago that it's not the overall strength of the low back that was important, but to make sure that that strength is balanced. And he used the analogy of uh, a ship's mast and the four guide ropes that uh, hold it in place. If two of the ropes are tight, but the other two are loose, then we're always at risk of the mast collapsing if a force is applied from, a different, from one of those two directions where it's loose. A standard plank doesn't promote balance in our lumbar region. It works primarily the front and the back, the north and the south, much more than it works the quadratus muscles in the east and the west flanks. So just to be clear, I'm not completely downing the plank exercise. Okay, I think it's really useful. However, it's only part of the puzzle. So what do you think we should be doing to balance things up? Okay, I'm putting this to you guys out there now, so I hope you're thinking. <laughs> Gravity's always going to be there, isn't it? To provide the resistance force, just like for the standard plank. But how are we going to work those east and west muscles better? Time's ticking down. I'm going to assume some of you've got it. It's side planks, right? Brilliant. Okay, fantastic if you got it. Uh, you're, if you did get it, you're really starting to grasp the concept and find ways to problem solve. And if you didn't, don't worry. You know, this is a, just a journey. And just because someone's ahead of you, remember that they were where you are right now at some point, but they kept going. Okay, they kept their eyes, ears, and their minds open and they persevered. They were persistent. And you will get there. Okay, trust me on that. Okay, that turned into something a little bit more than I was expecting, but just keep going. Just because you're not ahead of someone at the moment in anything at all, if you're persistent and keep working, keep your eyes, ears, and minds open, you will get there. But anyway, I digress. Side planks, okay, back to side planks. These should be done on both sides. Okay, so what I mean by that is that you should do one with your left elbow on the floor. And then after a rest, you should do one with your right elbow on the floor. This is going to work those uh, left and right sides, east and west sides equally, which is what we want, right? We want balance. Now, you'll probably find like the vast majority of clients that I've worked with over the last 15 years that you can't hold a side plank for as long as you can hold a standard plank for. Usually, it's because we've done more planking <laughs> than side planks. But uh, we must also remember that side planks put double the load on your arms and shoulders in particular. 
Okay, we've actually gone from having two elbows on the floor to one, which is a massive increase in load. You know, it's double the load. Therefore, when you're starting side planks, I'm urging you to start slowly in order to allow your body time to adapt. Otherwise, you're going to be risking injury or overload. You can see our YouTube video on training adaptations. You know, we've got a general adaptation response presentation on there. And that explains this principle in a bit more detail. So I'll, I'll put the link to that in the uh, in the notes here. So we're going back to our assuming. <laughs> Let's assume that we can now hold a standard plank and a side plank for over 90 seconds each. OK, forget that I said five minutes a little while ago. <laughs> OK, we're going to hold a standard plank for 90 seconds and side planks for 90 seconds as well. OK. Both sides. Now that shows a good level of strength, endurance, and you know a good balance in the lumbar spine. You know, fantastic! You've done wonderful, and and that's it now, right? We've completed it. <laughs> We've completed the level. I think you know that's probably not the case. And uh, if you thought it was, well, you don't anymore. <laughs> so let's switch from using compass points and use uh, angle. Uh, degrees instead okay because we're getting a bit more picky now because i am quite picky with things i like detail the standard plank works our lumbar spine through zero and 180 degrees okay we're just going to assume that you know it's from the from the north down to the south okay if we were looking at someone from the side and the side plank is going to work 90 to 270 degrees okay give or take a bit okay if you want to be picky it would be you know a few out but we're going to go with that for now because it's easier to explain that means that we've covered four out of the 360 possible degrees that we could train <laughs> that's a touch over one percent that we've mastered now who's happy with a score of one percent in anything yeah you might be because remember that that might be all that we need to be fit for purpose. Okay, so it's a trick question in a way. And that's okay, right? You know, if that's all you need in your daily life, then that's okay. Now, we're all different and we want different things. But then, of course, you might not be very happy with that. So for you lot, here's what we have to do next. Well, I'm going to give you the opportunity to think it over. How do you think we should try and fill those gaps and load those other uh, angles that we've missed so far? You know, if you want to, pause the episode, uh, go away and have a think about it. The best way might be to actually drop to the floor and uh, get into a plank or side plank position and learn by testing things. You know, testing and learning, uh, you know, some people call that failing, by the way. But it's only failing if you don't learn anything from the test. So feel free to pause here if you want to do that and uh, see if you can work out or come up with some ideas of how we can involve those other degrees or angles. Okay, 
Now, welcome back if you had a go at figuring it out. If not, it was about a three second break for you. <laughs> but um, maybe you had it straight away. Maybe you didn't need to go away and check it out. But uh, what do you think we need to do? Gravity is going to remain the same, right? That's our constant. So the thing we need to change is our body position. No, simple as that. That's what we did with our side planks, wasn't it? So we need to rotate our body in order for the muscles to be worked through these different angles. Now, it's important to remember that we don't rotate the lumbar region. Okay, this should never move. It should stay completely still. Okay, your pelvis should stay locked into the ribs. Okay, I've done a little YouTube video about that. So if you're not sure what I mean by that, go on. It will be literally a two or three minute video just explaining what I mean by locking the pelvis into the ribs. You know, no movement should be there at all. Now, I see this exercise done extremely poorly, really sloppy, and it can only be because it's not been explained correctly in the first place. So I've put that link in the uh, show notes there for our YouTube uh, video. This level of exercise is considered advanced because it is difficult to do properly and does put quite a lot of load on the arms, shoulders, and also on the lumbar region as well. Now, I put together some videos a few years ago to take people through uh, these sort of plank progressions, starting from a complete beginner level to much more advanced. Now, go onto our YouTube channel, have a look, uh, see what you think. They are in need of updating a bit, but they're good enough to just give you the idea, okay? But you know what? <laughs> you know, I've just looked at the time on the recorder here, and we've only covered probably 50% of what we need because do we spend most of our time in a horizontal position or are we vertical? You know, we carry out tasks, activities, sports, etc., you know, loading our abdominals and lumbar region in a mostly vertical position. You know, we're standing on our feet. Uh, have you ever been to one of the trampoline parks? We've got one near us. Brilliant fun. Great, great fun. My daughter loves it. But they are also a massive risk of injury. Not to the kids, though. <laughs> it's the adults. You know, remember the phrase that we always talk about, fit for purpose? Well, let's say when we stand still, gravitational force in our bodies, uh, let's say it's one. Okay, 1.0. You know, does that make sense? Brilliant. Okay. When we jog slowly, it might be the gravitational force is, uh, and not the gravitational force, but our body weight, okay, that our load onto our, uh, onto our body or onto our lumbar spine is going to be more than one because we've got that impact. We're coming off the floor and then landing, okay? So depending on the speed that we're going in technique, be between 1.5 and 2.5 times uh, what we're doing when we're just standing still, okay? Fast jogging is going to be more. Sprinting would be higher again. Uh, jumping from a height of one meter onto a trampoline and trying to bounce off it, it's right up there, okay, with, with loads on the, uh, on the spine. Way above what most of the adults um, I encounter on a daily basis, and certainly some people who go into a trampoline park. Uh, you've probably seen it if you've been in there, okay? 
mum or dad, granny or granddad, you know, they pay their, <laughs> they go in there with the kids or the grandkids, and all of a sudden they've reconnected with the inner child, okay? Their spirits are high, they climb up onto a block, they look down, you know, one or two meters down, and they look to hit the trampoline and bounce as high as they can off the trampoline. Uh, but unfortunately, the force on their lumbar spine is way above what they can handle. And their midsection sort of violently sort of spit sideways, uh, backwards or forwards, you know, whatever direction they're most weak in. And it takes away all their upward thrust because they can't transfer the power from their legs uh, through and, and push off of a solid lumbar spine. But don't worry, they get rewarded or awarded with a sharp, painful reminder that this environment and that physical effort they've just put in has found them very much not fit for purpose. Okay, so in the next episode, we're going to talk about vertical lumbar stability. So the type of stability that you need if you're going to go to a trampoline park. Okay, um, we're going to see how important that is and how we can look to build it. But thank you for listening. I really hope that you enjoyed the show. I certainly did, as this is a topic that really forms the staple of my clinical practice, uh, the rehabilitation side of it, certainly. And make sure that you check out all the associated links with this episode. Uh, we'll pop them in the show notes. Uh, and you know, subscribe to our YouTube channel as well, because we've got loads of great content going on there as well this year. Uh, find us on Facebook. Uh, you can go on our other social media platforms as well, Instagram, what have you. We might have got things started by the time you listen to this episode. And please, if you can take one or two minutes of your time to leave a review, that would be amazing. And you know, maybe, you know, if you haven't got time to leave a review, just send uh, or share this podcast with a friend or family member. That really, really helps us because our aim is to help as many people around the world as possible. You know, it's pretty awesome. We've got listeners in 14 different countries in four different continents. Uh, and I just want to say a massive hello to every single one of you. And I really do encourage you to get in contact, whether it be through our email address at info at elevatehealthuk.com. You know, stick a hello in the review, put it in a YouTube comment, anything at all. It's your feedback that is going to ultimately drive us to produce the type of content that helps you make the progress that you would like to achieve. But um, thanks again. I really look forward to seeing you all in the next show. And goodbye for now. Mm -hmm.